0: You're listening to The Blizzard of Osborne, by Michael Sheen Cuddy. Chapter 30, Incognito. Chief of Security Services Thornfeld was briefing the Crow on the meeting they'd set up with Dr. John Khan con Mostly he avoids being seen in public, but when he has to travel, he's notorious for moving about in outlandish disguises. It's now believed that Dr. John was the imposter who posed as the Marquis de Sang during the Burgoyne Coup of 29. And for the past week, he's been sending encrypted messages through the back channels telling us to expect a visit from Professor Williwa any day now. Williwa? That charlatan from Botica? Huh. Yes, sir. The clown who roams the hinterlands in a wagon pulled by a donkey. What the burutuku is Chilikan gone up to, huh? He says he has his reasons, sir. When me, myself, and I, posing as Dr. John Chiliconcon, disguised as Professor Williwa, steered his donkey and wagon onto the drawbridge, the crow's guards shoved a swiper at him. Enter the password. The real Professor Williwa never would have known the password because it was issued in separate non-sequential bits over the mesh's back channels and matrixed within a codex only a brilliant hacker could crack. Luckily for me, myself, and I, 901 and her team at the Ministry of Omniscience had decoded it. So now me, myself, and I, posing as Dr. John Chiliconcon, disguised as Professor Williwa, entered the password and pressed OK. Once the wagon cleared the portal, the drawbridge lowered and thundered shut as ominously as a sealed tomb. A squad of icemen descended upon me, myself, and I. Get down from there! The iceman pulled him off his seat and shoved him through a metal detector. A sickly-looking attendant wearing latex gloves approached. You must drop your trousers for a cavity search now. Oh, dear. I I must warn you uh, that I have a case of Shackleton's pippita. Very well. You may proceed. Me, myself, and I, posing as Dr. John Khan, disguised as Professor Willowaw, hadn't expected state-of-the-art facilities like those at the Ministry of Omniscience. After all, other than the Emperor, who could afford them? Nevertheless, he was shocked to see the crow's equipment, a hodgepodge of third-rate junk that made his headquarters look like a deranged hoarder's basement. An even bigger shock, the total lack of basic maintenance. Again, he wasn't anticipating environmentally controlled clean rooms like the Emperor's, where temperature, humidity, electromagnetic interference, and barometric pressure are all automatically monitored and regulated. But he never dreamed he'd see mold, mildew, frayed cables, puddles of stagnant water, rust stained ceiling tiles, and burnt out light bulbs. But there it was. The sordid guts of an underground movement exposed in all its squalor. As he looked around in disbelief, a shadow caught his eye. A mouse or rat darted out of the baseboard and scurried across the damp floor. Escorted deeper into the crow's Operations Center, me, myself and I, posing as Dr. John Chilliconcon, disguised as Professor Willowa took pains to look around slowly to capture the details of his surroundings through the special contact lens micro cameras Quintilianus had provided. At a heavy double door guarded by two icemen, Thornfeld glanced at Dr. John's wagon. You said you'd be disguised as Professor Williwa. I didn't think you'd go as far as driving a mule-drawn wagon. The Imperial Police know Professor Williwa and ignore him as a harmless fool. So for total realism, I had an exact replica of his wagon, custom made. Ever suspicious, Thornfeld paced around the wagon, poking here, looking there. He pulled open one of the wooden panels and peered inside. What's this? Thornfeld unraveled a long metallic hose, the very hose in which Sly was hiding. It's uh, a fiber optic dense pack probe. Uh, we use it to map the nodes in your mainframe's transceiver so you'll be able to tap into any CCTV camera throughout the Empire. Thornfeld looked doubtful, bending the hose, shaking it, inspecting the hose's end cap, wrapping his fist on it, sending Sly into a panic. How's it work? Uh, you actually shouldn't be handling that uh, without wearing the... Uh, proper anti-static gear why not me myself and I glanced nervously between Thornfeld and the crow if Thornfeld unscrewed the hoses end cap and sly dropped onto the floor they were doomed what the hell is this the red screw cap on the end of the hose had popped off exposing thousands of tiny twinkling lights I I told you it's a fiber optic dense pack Me, myself, and I picked up the red end cap from the floor and quickly screwed it back onto the hose. Excuse me, but this fiber optic bundle is hypersensitive to static electricity. Handling it could cause serious damage. Thornfeld looked to the crow, who glared at Dr. John, then shoved the hose back. Struggling to keep his hands from shaking, me, myself, and I, posing as Dr. John Chiliconcon, disguised as Professor Willowall, Concentrated on packing the hose back into the wagon, Inside the communication hub, the real work began. The Crow ordered one of his technicians to give Dr. John an overview of the hub's system architecture. Coached by 901, me, myself, and I, posing as Dr. John Khan, disguised as Professor Williwa, asked questions to give the impression that he knew what he was dealing with. Apparently satisfied, the Crow dismissed his technician, then turned to Dr. John. The footage you sent was very impressive. Now, if you can deliver on your promise to hack the Emperor's entire surveillance network, you will be rewarded handsomely. Me, myself, and I, posing as Dr. John Khan, disguised as Professor Willowa, recalled what 901 at the Ministry of Omniscience had repeated over and over. Once you're inside, don't overthink your situation. Just follow the next step in the plan. In the plan. So me, myself, and I took a deep breath and said to the crow, I, I'm afraid I must tell you something. You better not go back on your word now, Chilikan-Kan. You guaranteed me you'd deliver. Uh, and I will, I assure you. Uh, however, uh, there is one matter in which I haven't been entirely forthcoming. <laughs> what are you saying? I can deliver as promised, uh, but the nature of the operation is so complex that it demands at least two superior brains and four highly trained hands. Therefore, I had to bring along my assistant, the genius extraordinaire, Marco da Vinci. What? Me, myself, and I strode over to his wagon and unbolted a side panel. Behind this panel was a drawer, which he pulled open. Uh, Marco? Come join us. And then a strange, white-haired albino dwarf slowly rose up from the sliding drawer like a back-from-the-dead cadaver. Seize him! Thornfeld stormed over to the wagon and thrust a dagger against Marco's neck. Wait! This is my assistant, Marco da Vinci, the celebrated savant who brought the entire Farfalan realm to its knees by hacking the Imperial Power Grid. If you harm him, I cannot complete the work on my own. And... No offense, but a challenge of this magnitude is simply beyond the capabilities of your other uh, primitive stuff. The crow signaled Thornfeld to lower the dagger from Marco's throat. Why didn't you tell me before? Why smuggle him in? Uh, uh, well, sir, uh, Your feelings about the Monegrins are well known. Uh, I was concerned you might suspect my gifted colleague of having sympathies with some of his wayward compatriots and ban him from entry. Uh, But I assure you, Marco is 100% apolitical. He's strictly in it for the glunk. The crow glared at Marco, but seemed relieved to hear that he was merely greedy and not a religious zealot. Now, as you can see, Marco is an albino, so bright light is intolerable. When we travel in daylight, the only way for him to avoid sun poisoning is to remain sheltered in the darkness of the wagon. In fact, I must ask you now to dim the lights here as well. If Marco is to work effectively, he must do so in subdued lighting. Thornfeld looked at the crow. The crow looked at Marco. Short and slight as a child, pale as a slug with wispy white hair and wearing black wraparound sunglasses that made his head look shrunken. Me, myself, and I dreaded the way the crow stared at Marco as if he could see right through Cassie's disguise to the little dark girl inside. He was desperate to shift the focus. Sir, let me show you something that should put your mind at ease. Me, myself, and I powered up his swiper made a few swiping motions, then held the screen so the crow could see better. Shadowy black and white footage showed a clip of Cassie, Jet, Sly, me, myself, and I, and Assam skulking in the night, looking like very suspicious trespassers. That's the Cheney Bridge they're crossing! Not far from here! Send a hit squad right now and waste them! Uh, Now, uh, hold on. Uh, uh, What you see here is not a real-time feed. I captured this last week. There's no telling where they are now because the network isn't fully integrated yet. Uh, Once it's complete, however, you'll be able to geolocate any camera feed with precise coordinates. When Marco and I finish, the next time you spot your targets, you'll be able to tell exactly where they are and deploy your forces to nail them on the spot. And when will that be? Oh, the sooner we get started, the sooner you get your real-time feed. Well, get on with it then! On his way out, the crow turned and said to Thornfeld, Keep an eye on those two. Especially the Monegrin. You can't trust those people. Next. Me, myself, and I, Cassie, Sly, and Assam, put one of Quintilianus's strangest tools to work. And hope they're protected from it. Otherwise, they're doomed.